Blog Talk Radio. Hello again. Hey, everyone's playing together right now. Look, there they are. There we go. Well, Francie's getting our song cued. Welcome to Francie and Friends, everyone. And here he comes, I think. Come with me, and you'll be in a world of your imagination. Take a look, and you'll see into your imagination. We'll begin with a spin, traveling in the world of my creation. What we'll see will define the nation. If you want to view paradise, Simply look around and you will Anything you want to do is Want to change the world There's nothing to it Hurry up, pilot! Thank you. 
and yeah. Johnny Depp's portrayal. So exactly. He never saw well, the, he never saw well, the movie. I watched an interview with him, and he was like, and he did watch it, and he said he hated the movie. He likes Johnny Depp, but he hates Tim Burton. Okay, wow. it's kind of odd. Yeah, well, it's it's Hollywood. It's like you know, I, uh, I look at it as like you know. Like, hey, you may like someone's performance in a movie or a character in a book, and then they decide to make it into a movie, and they kind of, like, turn certain segments, you know, around, and you go, wait a minute, that was never in the book or in the story, Uh, you know, and so it it, kind of can go either way. It's like, you know, uh, you just say, okay, you yeah. by the sword, you die by the sword. On guard. No, yeah. And my captain, uh, I, I Earl think, Flynn. I think Dean Wilder is a fantastic actor, and, you know, I, I work with a bunch of young people throughout the day, and they even said, do you know that Gene Wilder died? And I'm like, oh, you actually know something be- beyond the 90s? Oh, wow, like, yeah. Oh, you really want that. Oh, yeah, you know? always. Well, I mean, you know, um, the young girl that played, uh, I think it was Veruca. Veruca Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, now, see, she was on the set for three months without any family or anything. And she talked about how wonderful Gene was to her. He would sit and read her stories and would talk to her and and make her smile. And everything I've seen that the kids that were in the movie have said, they really, they looked up to him in such a way, you know? And and I got to tell you, um... Like I said, Joe, the whole time I was, you know, since you've been doing the show, I was like, I think we can get Gene on. think we can get Gene on because I knew somebody. I mean, he was the Gene Wilder's best man at his wedding with Gilda. I mean, there's oh, wow. photos. And he plays tennis in France with Gene Wilder. And he sent me an autograph from Gene Wilder because he knew how much of a fan I was of him. He's and you know, uh, he was he was in my church and he was like, you know, make sure Francie's on church on Sunday because I got something for her. You know, and it was an autograph of Gene Wilder at this France motel, and I look at him and he's like. So I was in Francis uh, last weekend, and I'm like, oh, look at you. And he was like, I was playing tennis with Gene Wilder, and I'm like, oh, lucky, lucky you. And he's like, and he wanted me to give you this. And, you know, Gene Wilder, you know, he's like, you know, keep keep reaching for the stars. Inspire yourself. You know, that's basically the autograph he sent me. And mm-hmm. it was really cool, you know. And I was trying to get a hold of Hiram because he moved to Arizona, and I was trying to get a hold of him to try and get him on the show. But it turns out that Gene Wilder was sick for a long time, and yeah. But um, no, from, what his ne- from what his nephew said, um, you know, he did. He still recognized everybody. 
You know, he still yeah. had that that sense of humor that he always had. You know, yeah. which is for having Alzheimer's, it's it's really rare for someone to very rare pass away and still be able to recognize people. You know, their friends, yeah. their family, and such. Um, even one of the guys that played Oompa, one of the Oompa Loompas, I can't remember his name, even said what a pleasure it was to work with him and what a great guy he was. I mean, everybody has nothing but the highest admiration for him. Yeah. I know, and, you know, and I know Hiram, that's his first name, and I'm going to give his last name. Hiram was the guy that was his best fan. And he had nothing but great things. He's like, to meet him, you're going to love him. And I'm like, can I? Yeah. Can you bring him to South? He's like, well, he's a busy man. <laughs> very, yeah, very and the man. reason The reason he didn't let it out about the Alzheimer's, it was the fact that he didn't want his fans to see him with that pity look. He wanted them to keep that yeah. smile oh, and remember him for the way he was before all this. Yeah, that's a and, class and act. I think it's great. When I'm looking at the YouTube video with pure imagination, there's 5,521,738 views. That wow. is 5 million people on this planet that actually loves Gene Wilder. And we salute you. We love you. My all-time favorite movie is Do You Know We Were Here, No Evil. Oh, I know. I love that movie. Is she saying... For shit. Hey, she's saying... Of course. Why would she say... Why would she be saying... Beep, 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 beep. No, no, why would she be saying chip, 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 chip? That would make no sense. <laughs> she was so smug. Hey, I got a question for you, though, Francie. Do you know what Jean's real first name is? No. It's Jerome. Oh. <laughs> ah, I know something you didn't know. <laughs> there you go. Because if I, if I can interject here... Right. Now, here's here's a question I got for all of you. Our guest tonight, does he pronounce it Steve or Steven? Does he spell it wrong with a P-H or does he spell it wrong right with the V-E? Is there a right way to spell Steven anymore? <laughs> I mean, seriously, well, kind of Steven or Steve? I'm kind of partial, but... No, I so, so Go how ahead, do you Steve. how do you spell your first name, Stephen or Stephen? I always went with the V myself. Well, that's on my birth certificate. Yeah. I, guess. I don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. We have but got Stephen live. Is so it is with the V, not with the P. Nick, you so got it's right. unique. Yeah. Now. You spelled it with a P-H. Who did? Oh, uh, Nick wants to do a couple of announcements, and he wants to talk to you, Steven. <laughs> okay, we're going to stop picking on. <laughs> okay, okay, here's Nick with Black Betsy Books, because he pays the bills. 
<laughs> okay, I just made this up, so you have to bear with me on this. I'm going to sing. If you want to view parasites, simply look around and view them. Open up your skin and view them. You can give them food, but that food is you then. Anyway, um, Black Pitchy Books, we have a lot of stuff coming out. We just came out with a lot of stuff. Um, Actually, um, I'm uh, putting a period on releasing a lot of books this month so that I can concentrate on marketing through the October 1st through the end of the year, Christmas slash Halloween season. Um, But we do have a few books coming out, and we have a few books that just came out, including Steve Sabatka's uh, Mr. Fishbeck's Monster. We also came out with uh, Thaxon Patterson II's Devil's Maintenance, which just got a great review, by the way, a couple of days ago on HorrorNews.net. And um, I'm actually just uh, finishing up... um, uh, Tony Belmonte's zombie novel, uh, The Feral Flu, which is really cool. Um, everybody just go uh, uh, check for updates on Facebook, on the group page, so forth, and on Twitter, downwarden.com slash Twitter, or Twitter, but uh, strike that, reverse it, as, as Willy Wonka would say. And uh, we are also coming out with uh, Rick Dallison's Skin pretty soon this week. Also, um, uh, Patrick James Ryan is coming out with a new book, and he was our bestseller last year for the night it got out. He's coming out with Maggots Underneath the Porch, Nick Carey's Leave It's Asylum for Special Children, and, of course, A.R. Neal's Life in the Floating City, which is based on um, um, Thomas Dolby's um, uh, CD, uh, The Floating City. And uh, and Thomas Dolby is actually involved in this, um, and uh, it's it's based on a lot of his songs. Uh, so look out for that. That's coming very very soon. And uh, and and Kay Stamps is Salvation's Mercy, which is kind of more up my alley than usual because I used to be a preacher way back when, and this is about a youth pastor in a in a, a Pentecostal church that ends up getting a little bit worse and worse every day until he starts killing off his um his uh his uh his uh church members. So anyway, that's that's gonna be a very interesting So it's a family book. It's a family book, Francie says. Yes, we all do nothing but families. Anyway, folks, I turn it back over to Francie for a second. Oh also also Tom Glade Olasson um, from Sweden. Um, his book is coming out this week also, and it's Poetry from Hell's Asylum. They actually have a Poetry from Hell's Asylum page on Facebook, and you got to check that out. It's got awesome, awesome pencil art in it. It's like, um, it's like um, you know, one of those um, uh, independent books kind of which we like like to publish here and it's it's one of the best of those just raw uh gritty horror poetry and uh and also keep looking out for our children's line which we already have two titles in and that is blue bed sheet books blue bed sheet books our new children's line which just debuted this year so uh um and by the way speaking of that um, Anne-Marie Martin's uh, The Spinfords 
has been doing awesomely. And uh, she's quite a trooper doing all the book signings in elementary schools and things with, uh, with the Spinfords. Great, wonderful children's book. So with that, I will get back to you shortly. Here is Francie again. Yeah, Nick, Nick's not going to have... He's going to be like, give me the phone, give me the phone in just a couple of minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. Steven. Yes, ma'am. Steve, Steve. Nick said call you Steve. Um, man, what you do every day, first of all, let me say what you do every day. I mean, you're a school teacher. Yes, ma'am, I am. High school. And what you do for a living is so fantastic because you're educating the minds of every, every, I mean, have you thought about it? Like every student that walks through your classroom, you're educating them. Well, I, I try, I, you know, I've got a, a really good school, a really good principal, uh, we were just recognized uh, last year by uh, U.S. News and World uh, Report, I believe it was, for our uh, school climate, and I think we're doing some really good things. And it's just uh, I'm part of a really great team, and uh, I really I really enjoy it. Yeah, I think that's awesome because you know I have never met a school teacher that I did not like, even growing up. I'm going to have that second grade teacher where you think that they're a witch, you know, growing up. But when you kind of think about it, when you're older, you're like, oh, my gosh. You know, what you do is so amazing, you know. Well, I appreciate you saying that. It is. I mean, you educate. Can anybody help me? You educate. Tomorrow's future. And what you're doing is that you're making America great the next year. Well, I hope so. I'd like to think so. Well, you are. And I think that, you know, I I loved my teachers growing up. And I know that at some point in life, somebody's going to be like, you know, Steve was a great, and I have my teachers that was a great influence in my life. And what you're doing is awesome. Well, it was very kind of you to say that. I appreciate that. I got a high school student. Does that count? Uh, there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. The last, well, had, one, you know, the I... last one home. Oh. Yeah, I have a lot of really I good teachers, so I hope I'm just kind of passing it on, you know. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, everybody's saying, you know, salute the firefighters, salute the cops. Yeah. And I think that what everybody needs, to, especially, what is this, the millennial age group right now? Yes. Yeah, and they're pampered and, uh, you know, give me time out or do this or do that. Don't do this or do that. I mean, right now, I mean, you're at a difficult stage. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I, I, I don't want to put it, you know. 
What's that? Go ahead, Stephen. Uh... No, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. Okay, I think, and the uh... thing I'd like to say is uh, they did, like, this national survey, and they said um, two things that is the most scariest. Number one is public speaking. Number two is death. And if you think right. about it, Steve, you, Stephen, you are doing the number one scariest thing in the world. Uh, well, you know, I'm I'm a lot bigger than most of my kids, so <laughs> I, I guess if they wanted to rush me or something, they could, but uh, yeah, but I, but I know what you mean. How, that, you do you, know. how do you deal with, like, I mean, every day you're having to make a speech in front of yeah, well, I mean, you, you know, every you day you're a day, you kind of get used to, to it. Like, give a public speech in front. Does that make sense? Yeah, but you know, it's the same. It's the same audience every day, and it's you know five times a day. So by third period, I've got it down pretty well. So <laughs> it, it's not so. It's not. It's it's not so scary. First of the year is a little, uh, you know, I'm a little uh, anxious. We go to school day after tomorrow, but I'll get right back into the swing of it. And This is my 25th year, I believe, so we're doing all right. Wow. That's a long time to be teaching. Yeah, yeah. That is a long time. And I got to tell you, when I was in South Carolina and I met my, uh, like, elementary, I know you're not, you're high school, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so high school. And I met my Miss Beecham. All my teachers, they see me and they recognize me. In fact, my mom had a uh, house cleaning service back home, and my first grade teacher, uh, I walked into her house and I was like, Miss Brown. She's like, yeah. Fancy, and she was my first grade teacher. I'm in my twenties. Right. Right. She's like Fancy. I'm like, how do you remember me? I mean, I can remember her because, you know, she's my teacher. Right. Well, I knew my dad. Uh, my my dad taught at the high school where I went to school, and years later, you know. Uh, teachers that I had had would would come over to my parents' house, and I maybe, you know, I would happen to be there. And when I would talk to them, they would insist that I use their first name, and I just couldn't do it. You know, I still had to call them Mr., Mrs., whatever. Just uh, I hear you know, that. I just, just the respect was still there, you know. Yeah, and I think that's cool because, you know, I was totally shocked that. You know, my I walked through the door helping my mom, and you know, I guess there's students that people remember, and yeah. there's teachers. You know, I can't remember all my teachers, but I was like, Miss Brown. You know, and oh, how do you feel when somebody says, "Whoa"? Well, it's uh. I don't know. It, it, I guess it makes up for the, uh, the 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 money I'm not making. You know, there, there's a lot of in kind of you know intangible rewards that that 
you know mean a lot more than the money ever does, and that's that's kind of one of them. There are a lot of things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So the book. Talk about yes, the ma'am. book. Okay. What made you want to write this? Because this is actually, and I want to give, I want you to give everybody a synopsis. 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 Okay. Synopsis. That's okay, friend. That's okay, friend. No, synopsis. Go ahead, see. Okay, well, uh, I guess I'd been writing a lot of uh, short stories, and I I wrote two really bad novels that nobody will ever read. And I was just kind of wondering, you know, where to go next. And uh, I was in uh, the library at Mount Angel Middle School here in uh, Oregon. And I, like every library, every school library, there was a poster for all the uh, Newbery Award winners, you know, young adult fiction. And it just hit me that that would be my next direction. And uh, I've known, you know, hundreds and hundreds of kids throughout my life, and I was sure I was going to be able to, you know, tap into one of their stories or, or use elements from things that they had told me, you know, adventures they had had. But I just couldn't get into their heads, and I was really kind of spinning my wheels. And uh, I was talking to uh, our counselor. Uh, the remake of uh, King Kong was coming out. And it was going to be all CGI. This like 2005, and it was all CGI, and and he was into movies and that kind of stuff. And I said, you know, when I was a kid, I did it old school. I had you know my clay dinosaurs out in the garage, and and after a while, it just kind of struck me that that might be an interesting character. You know, a a high school kid that's you know a real dinosaur nut that makes uh, movies out in his garage all by himself and. And I just kind of went from there. They have a, a very nice. This is actually kind of cool. Nick's nodding his head because he does a lot of. That is actually pretty freaking awesome. And well, I think there are a uh, lot so, of people. So uh, explain a little bit about the book. Well, uh, the story. Um, the the main character he's he's kind of not really a social outcast but uh, you know kind of outside the popular crowd and he tends to wander off into his own imagination and sees dinosaurs and mythical monsters and that kind of thing uh, and he's got a couple of kind of oddball friends uh, and the story takes all on excuse us Stephen. Uh, Let me know. Francie. Yeah, no, keep going. You're doing great. Oh, okay. I was just like, you know, I was like, uh, you know, I didn't want to interrupt you. I was like, all of a sudden I heard the whoever's on the other line, you know, going like louder. And oh. like, I lost you for a second. Hey, I'm muted. Well, Thank I got this you. little track phone, so I can't tell if it's me or what. You know, no, you're fine. You're, okay. you're doing great, Stephen, or Steve, okay. and, uh, you know, it's just that at times it's like someone on the other lines might have, like, a television on, and oh. the echoing of the TV is coming through, and it's like, uh, can oh, okay. you please repeat that, you know? <laughs> oh, okay. But you're fine. Well, so, so these... uh. 
three characters, uh, uh, well, there's a big I, storm. I, I muted the line that was. Uh, oh, uh, we're, go we're ahead. Okay. So these three uh, characters, uh, it's uh, the uh, Friday before spring break, and that weekend there's a big storm, and uh, something weird washes up on the coast. And I know I've uh, lived in Oregon, I don't know how many years. Uh, I've lived other places too, but uh, sometimes like whales will wash up. And, um, you know, with the tsunami in Japan several years ago, we've had a lot of Japanese debris wash up. Uh, But in the story, nobody really knows what this thing is. And it's right up kind of the main character's alley because as far as he's concerned, it's a monster. And now he seems to be in one of the monster movies that he loves so much. And then uh, it would kind of go from there is try to, you know, what is it and where did it come from and and that kind of thing. Ah, that is wonderful. Yay. Love those good old monster movies. Oh, yeah, definitely. And we know know how my son feels about the old monster movies. (laughs) Yes. Well, it sounds really corny, but, you know, it really is, you know, I, I hate this phrase because it's kind of hacky by now, but, you know, it really is a love letter to all those movies that, you know, I stayed up until 2 in the morning to see, you know, and yep. movies oh, on yeah. Saturday afternoons and stuff. Oh, yeah. The good oh, old yeah. days, so, you know. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, it, well, you, that, that's probably uh, one of your main inspiration was, the movies from the past that helped you create this story? Yeah, well, you know, they, like all the Harryhausen movies and, and King Kong especially. Oh, they yes. Just, they just got in my head. And uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. You know, they I was never into sports or anything for some reason. And, uh, you know, that all those, I, they just became part of my childhood. Yeah. And uh, years later, I, I met uh, Faye Ray at a film festival. That's awesome. And by this time, she was probably pushing 90, something like that. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and when I was, I, I went up and I told her, you know, when the first time I saw King Kong, I was like five years old. And when when Kong got shot off the Empire State Building, I freaked out. And, you know, my family was really worried about me because I was just hysterical, you know. And uh, I said, uh, I, I really thought you and uh, Kong were going to make it. And I thought she'd be, I thought she'd be more sympathetic, you know. But she just gave me this look, and she said, "Well, surely now that now that you're older, you understand that kind of relationship wouldn't work." And then she kind of looked from side to side, like you know, somebody run this guy out of here or something. Right. But at least I got a chance to, at least I got a chance to thank her, you know. Well, oh yeah. Cool. That's the whole fun part about, you know, because I kind of go and I do conventions at times down here and right. down the coast of California. And it's like a couple years back, uh, we got to meet, uh, God, I forgot her name, but she was like in the original Dracula uh, when she was a very young girl. And oh, I know who you're talking lived, about. Yeah, she lived up until she was like almost like a hundred and some odd years old, and it was right. just like amazing. And you're just going like, "Wow, you know, I just met someone from the original Dracula that's still alive." You right. know, 
And it's just, you know, it's always a pleasure and honor to meet someone, you know, you might have grown up watching, be it King Kong or Drac or or any of the Ray Harryhausen movies and stuff like that. And you just go like, oh, that's amazing how you guys created that, you know. Well, did you ever meet uh, Ray at any of those conventions? Because I know he kind of did that circuit, didn't he? Yes, yeah, so I I I I kind of like years ago, before right. his passing, I was like, at I was like we went into Burbank and we we're doing like one of the horror cons that I'm mostly known for doing, and right. they're doing like this like Hollywood autograph signing things, and you mm-hmm. had all these people from different TV shows and. Stuff like that, and as we're like walking in, like I saw this sign saying Ray Harryhausen, and so wow. we walked up and then just said, "Hello, I just wanted to say I loved your work," and that was it. And I just walked off after saying yeah. that. It after right. he thanked me, and I just walked off because you know I didn't want to disturb the person, you know, and stuff like that. So it's just like, holy hell. Holy right. heck, I just met, you know, Ray Ray Well, I, I met him, I met him like 87 or something. It was before Jurassic Park came out, I know that. Right. And I think it was, you know, one really, I mean, I'm, you know, of course sad that, that he's he's passed on, but I think at the very end of his life, he really enjoyed a lot of appreciation and adoration. Uh, but I think at some point, I think a lot of people just kind of thought of him as a has been, and I and I know that's just a really mean thing to say, but uh, you know, there was kind of a time when you know stop motion is over, but I kind of met him at that point, and he seemed a little bit, you know, he kind of I don't know, I kind of got the impression that he felt that he'd kind of been passed by, but that's you know, and I thanked him again, but uh, it was so good to see that he really he did go out on top in a way. Right. With an Academy it's, Award, I believe, and right, and that's the whole thing. I, I, you know, it's like with like me and my friends will always talk about certain actors, you know, and all right. of a sudden they pop up on some TV show or some TV movie, and they're I'm like, "Why is this person doing this or that?" And I go, "Maybe because it might have been the only role." Someone offered them, you know, or, you know, and it's like, it's sad, but, you know, that's how sometimes it goes. And it's like, you know, I would never call any actor, writer, producer, director a hasman because it's it's not cool. It's not nice. And I just like basically say, hey, I love your work in whatever movie you've done or TV show. Great job. Yeah. You just walk away and be happy about it, you know. Yeah. Say, I do hey, gotta I say, uh, I do. I, I need to say, on, on that night, uh, there were several hundred people there at this. It was kind of a. They showed uh, Jason and the Argonauts, and right. when they introduced him, every everybody jumped to their feet, and he got a really strong standing ovation. So I hope that was kind of helpful. But uh, you know, oh, I yeah. just read that he was kind of down and. 
kind of felt lot, you know, left out a little bit. But I think that changed right. after that. Right. And you know, just a, it seemed like a you know couldn't be a nicer guy. Just in the interviews I've right. seen in my encounter with him. So oh, yeah. that was a good thing. Right. And I don't know if Don, Brett, or Francie is still with us. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Just double checking. Because I know we no have callers on the line. Yes, I know. I know Don. Doctor. Doctor Don. Uh, uh, well, no, me. let me explain oh. that, okay? I was okay. out. I was going to do some yard work the other day, right? And it had rain. Right. And I didn't realize the grass was wet. Now, Given the fact that we know I had my surgery in December, I still have to be cautious what I do. Right. Well, needless to say, I slid down the grass because it's on a slope. I slid down. I could feel my neck, you know, like jerk. It was like, oh, God, please don't let me screw this up. My doctor will kill me. <laughs> you wow. know. So, yeah, I was sore doctor for a couple days. There. I can feel it, you know, because I tried to stop. I tried to stop myself from falling, you know, and that's yeah. not always a good idea. Hold on, hold on, Francie. Now go ahead. We have callers, I guess. And Francie, three by two, was it Francie? Yeah, she said something, but uh, I could hear her say the number uh, and she disappeared. Uh, yeah. Oh, Francie, hello, caller. If you're on the line. Please say hello. Um, hello. Hello. God, hello. I'm good. right here on the line. How are you doing? I'm good, guys. We're doing great. How are you doing? Well, I'm drinking a little bit of Bud Light and having a good time tonight, I'll tell you. What can I do? You want your grass mowed or something to help you out over there? No, I'm good. <laughs> Okay, I'm just teasing you. God almighty, it's a joke. You don't have to be scared of the bubba from the backwoods. God almighty. What can I do tonight to help your show tonight, to help fix somebody's cause that they're calling in for? Well, we can hang up on you. (laughs) That's how we fix our show. And you did such a good job before. Yeah, he calls in. He's like, "Hey, can I get isn't you guys the, a drink?" Isn't that tonight? the guy that called it? Isn't that the guy that called in like four times that one night, Francie? Yes, that oh. is the guy. I oh, okay. thought so. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, so, so, so what did I miss? Uh, I went see, to the yeah, restaurant. You do these shows. You okay. do get the prank Sorry. callers. Oh and, yeah, we do. You know, oh, what can I do? What can I do to make your show special? Oh, he's called back in. Should we pick him back up? Sure. Let's screw with him. All right. Let's 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 pick him back up. He calls our show all the time. We love Three, five, two, your life. Is that how you take care of your faithful customers who call in all the time? Good. That's how yeah. you take care of them. Hang him up. Yep. Muted. I'm sorry. Muted or unmuted. I wish I had a way I could mute my wife, you know, say muted. <laughs> I wouldn't have to listen oh. to her bullshit all the time. But, uh, oh, congratulations. All That's right. why. It's always good. Yeah, this is. Uh, well, sorry about that, Steve. All right. Uh, all sorry, right. So, here's, here's the thing. Um,. What made you choose Black Bed Sheet Books? 
Well, uh, to tell you the truth, it was kind of between, uh, I was kind of down to two people that I was really seriously talking with, and Nick just kind of uh, convinced me that he knew, you know, that he was in touch with the folks that would know uh, uh, Ray Harryhausen and who were King Kong fans also, and it was kind of, uh, and, and, you know, other than, of course, the fact that he's just devastatingly uh, charming and witty and and all that. He is. Uh, but he just, you know, but he convinced oh, yeah. me, he's, says, you know. He's that. <laughs> he says, I, I know these folks. You know, I know the people that know the movies that you mentioned in the book and, and all like that. So it just sounded like, uh, you know, I could really talk to people that were on the same wavelength. It was yeah, a pretty easy sell. And I will tell you this, Steve. Um, Nick loves the book. One hundred percent. He absolutely adores the book. And if Nick publishes a book, it is because he believes in the book. Right. Well, I I don't. You know, I. I get that impression from you know we 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 talked for the first time what two nights ago, but just in the emails and all that really comes. We did uh, talk. It really comes through. It took quite a long time. I mean, I, I, I mean, I appreciate everything you're saying. You know, uh, I really do. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes it all worthwhile, you know, because when you're writing, it's kind of just you and that screen, and you know where it's going to end up, and you know you're kind of punching in the dark. But yeah, it's, it's really gra- gratifying to hear you say that. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so, by the so way, I have a question. <clears throat> what age ahead. group? Is, what age group is the book actually steered towards? Um, I kind of struggled with that because uh, I think just as a as a person, I'm 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 really kind of a Beaver Cleaver, you know. That's kind of I yeah. think in in a lot of ways, my you know the high school kids that I work with are are kind of more sophisticated in some ways than I am, <laughs> and in in some ways, kind of more worldly maybe even. Yeah, I, so I, I can understand I, that. I kind of had to kind of put my ear to the ground and, and, you know, I, I kind of wrote it from my point of view when I was in high school and, but I kind of had to, had to alter that a little bit just to kind of make it relevant. Yeah. There you go. So, it kind of yeah, reminds I mean, me. <clears throat> go ahead. By the time my son was in junior high, he was reading, reading mm. Dean Koontz books. So. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Cause he kind of got that off of me. Cause that's like my oh. hero. <laughs> But well, I read something um, yeah, I... he, he he's into you know all the old movies, but that's the way I brought him up. I my kids got to watch him because I watched them, so yeah, you know he's you. got the special edition uh, 
King Kong movies. He's got, you know, right. The Wolf Man, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. The, yeah, it's a uh, limited or collector's edition they had put out yeah. last year. Right. So, you know, he's all into that. I was wondering because I have my grands I have a couple of grandsons that are between the ages, you know, of 11 and almost 13 years old, so that's why I was uh-huh. asking. Well, now, I've been told, and I'm not the expert or anything, but um that young adult, uh, you know, from what I you know, I mean, who knows, but the target audience is kind of like juniors and seniors. Mhm. And and kind of like as far as language goes and and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that was a little bit kind of beyond where I had written it to start with. But after talking with some other teachers and kids and that kind of stuff, I kind of, you know, pitched it a little higher than I was really used to. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think well, there's anything uh, offensive in it. And I worked a lot, too, with yeah. uh, the librarian at our school. She has a real good feel for the market and what kids like and don't like, what they read. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of that's kind of where I ended up with that. Yeah, he's yeah. now. Well, yeah. he's nineteen now, but he's uh, oh, okay. my oldest one or my youngest one rather. <laughs> and he's he's in. He loves reading uh, R. O. Tolkien. Right. You know, the, right. The Hobbit and before the mm. Hobbit, and he's the really into all of that. The Joe. Uh, the Lords of the Joe. Uh, no, <laughs> wrong, wrong book. No, but I, I was gonna say something about what Steve was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, last year sometime, I was hanging out with uh, another Black Sheep Fed author, uh, my good buddy Fred Weehy, and oh, that's awesome. we were talking about his latest book, uh, Fright House. And it's like he was doing a Love book signing, <laughs> and basically, like the parents would come up to him and go, "Like, is there any sex or anything like that? Language, violence?" And he goes, uh, "No, okay, you know." And he just found it odd that you know the parents, you know, just said, "Okay, my kids can buy this book because there's no sex in it." But hey, there's yeah. violence in it, and it just boggles right. the mind. It might be some yeah. language, but you know, it's sort of like you know. But that's all they seemed to care about was like, is there yeah. any sex right. in it? I, I have to agree with you with Joe, um, because I, you know, Werewolf, uh, the book that yes. I came out with. I'm not trying to push it because Stephen, we're pushing your book. But with Werewolf, you know, when I wrote Werewolf, I had to, I wanted my nieces to be able to read it. So there was no swear words. There was no, like, sex scenes or anything. And what do you think, Stephen? Do you think that people reflect, like, horror with, you know, gouge them up? Uh, sex them up. Do you think that maybe horror has a bad rap? And, you know, people are thinking, oh, that's a horror book. I don't want to read that because my kids can read that. And, in fact, I gave it to my boss, you know, and he took it home and his 
12-year-old child wanted to read it. And I was like, there's no, and he asked me, he was like, are there swear words in it? No. (laughs) I wanted my 12-year-old niece to read the book. Right. So do you think well, that's that a, that's a there's tough one. like this line between what's horror and what's, you know, scary? Mm-hmm. Well, that you know, that's a I've been kind of pondering something like that or thinking about because uh, you know the movies that I loved, like The Wolfman, say, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. atmospheric, but it's it's not really scary. You know, yeah. I never, yeah. I kind of grew up with, like, Frankenstein and the Wolfman and the Mummy. They were, like, my friends. And, oh, yeah. And yeah. I kind of I knew more about the behind-the-scenes stuff and, you know, but there just kind of came a point, and maybe it was, like, with uh, uh, Night of the Living Dead or maybe after that where, you know, I mean, and I, and I kind of prefer monster movies over horror movies anymore. Because it seems like uh, You're just movies like are Nick. like an endurance <laughs> test anymore, you know? Right. Yeah. And I don't want to go see the latest, you know, CGI, you know, beheading technology or something right. like that. Yeah. I want a good story. And I kind of prefer creepy over, I know Boris Karloff at what? one point said uh, he preferred the, the term terror movies because to him horror right. had a, a connotation of being disgusting. And he said yeah. he didn't yeah. want any of his movies like to be disgusting. Spurting out of every vein, vein, you know, right. cut the head off, and yeah. But I think yeah. too, that's that actually really so cool that you said that. I mean, it's kind of like um, the Exorcist or uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Which one do you right. prefer? You know, if I'd, I, I would, I wouldn't watch either one of those. I don't think again. But, but uh, I think, maybe, I think maybe when I was fourteen, it was almost like, could I take it? Right. Or, yeah. I don't want some. I don't want somebody to know that I don't want to see that. And I kind of think, yeah. you know, fourteen, fifteen-year-old kids. I think they're kind of running the market in so many things, and yeah, they right. kind of want to see the things and that they're not supposed to see. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story. Okay. I'll tell you a funny story. One year, I was like about 15, 16, and when uh-huh. Halloween came out, the original. Right. Uh, uh We decided, because I wasn't quite 17, we, me and my cousin, we snuck in to go see the movie. Uh, bad I know people, bad Joe. Uh, very bad. But uh, but it was like we went and we saw it, and you know, even though it's one of the ultimate classic, you know, films that's not too violent, not too graphic. Uh, so we come back, and one of our friends calls our house. I pick up the phone, thinking, okay, who could this be? And the person goes, hey. Do you know where your brother is? Uh, and so I kind of go, uh, no. Let me go look. And I start looking around for my younger brother. Couldn't find him anywhere. And it turned out it was a prank joke. But they oh, really wow. got us really good because it was like after seeing a scary movie, 
you're right. not expecting to get prank called and going like, hey, right. you know, you felt like you're like in a horror movie going like, hey, what's going on? Why can't I find my brother? Wow. But, you know, and I, 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 I agree because it's like, because that's what my, like, what I do is I do a local cable show. I'll have to get Steven to come up to either Sacramento or uh, down San Jose way, you know, be like, hey, man, yeah. I promise I won't swear. I'm a, I'm a good guy. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, only when I turn uh-huh. green, then maybe I might swear a little. Like, hey, well, you know, I'm green that now. happens to the best of us, you know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, really. You know, it, it just, you know. So basically, why I started my show was like growing up in the late '60s, early '70s, mid '70s. I used to watch this show called Creature Features, which was yeah, uh, I love that show. up in San, uh, San Francisco with Bob Wilkins and John Stanley, and so I kind of just said. Okay, that's what kind of show I want to do. I want to talk about, you know, upcoming horror movies, be it good, be it bad, uh, you know, maybe do interviews. And, you know, lo and behold, I was surprised that when I started going out doing conventions, I'd go up and I'd tell people, hey, this is what I do. Would you like to be interviewed? And, like, that's how I actually met Nick was I was like... And one at the, one of the Fangoria's conventions in Burbank, and right. we're just like walking around, and we saw Nick's little banner for his like Nicholas Kowalski, author of the Everborn and Halloween Four. So we went and we started talking to Nick to figure out, okay, so tell us about you know your involvement with this and that, and that's how I met Nick, and. You know, and so it's just, it's pretty wild when people, you know, who are celebs in the horror industry say, yeah, sure, I'll let you interview me. And you just go like, wow, did I just interview this person? Uh, You know, and it just boggles the mind. And, you know, and then people, yeah, go ahead, Steve. I got to tell you, there's a, there's a, in my book there's a late night horror show that the guy the main character watches and it's called creature feature oh, cool. and the cool. the host is professor ravenswort and he's kind there of a, he's kind of a john, uh, john carradine looking guy i don't think i actually say that but i kind of describe him as real thin and kind of gaunt shakespearean kind of so yeah i grew up with those kind of shows i think i saw bob wilkins show one time I was in California right. for some reason. Right. Yeah, I love those shows. Uh, yeah, that that's kind of the mole of my TV show. That's only 30 minutes long. And I right. just, like, try to jam, like, information about some conventions or do a movie review or if I'm out someplace at a convention videotaping there, that's what you'll see. You know, it's not Ooh. like I go, you know, and I don't get a break unless my show falls like on actual holiday. It's like, oh, okay. I, you know, and it's funny because people go like, 
you still you do your show every week, and I go unless I decide to play a repeat, and right. you know which I hardly do, but I just sit there and I go, oh here I'll do a flashback show, and I was talking to Fred. Fred <laughs> asked me, Fred Wee, if uh, you want to check out like another black sheet fed author, you might want to check out Fred Wee. Really nice okay. guy. Uh, oh, yeah. He's Fred, got Fred like, is awesome. He, he's got How do you spell like, that last name? Uh, easy. I'll give it to you. It's okay. W-I-E-H-E. Okay. And he's like he's written, like, just like with Nick, a lot of books. Like, one of my uh, couple favorites, his last one's called uh, Fright House. Uh, but he's written a, a short story book for uh, Nick called Holiday Madness, I believe. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then, and then he also oh, don't forget got the burning. In the burning, and Alaric uh, Monster Hunter. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. Oh, cool. I should call, yeah. You know, and but Fred is one of those really nice guys who you know loves his horror. Loves right. writing his books, and he is, you know, one of those guys. I think you would enjoy some of his books. Sorry, right, I'm going to check that out. Promoting. Uh, yeah, and if you have any trouble, just contact me, and I'll I'll tell Fred to add you because okay. Fred's on Facebook. Uh, it's really, you know, writing Grancy and Don and Brad. Oh yeah. And uh, well, I'm just starting uh, to figure out this whole Facebook thing. Oh, I know it's it's a trip. You're, you're doing uh, okay. You're doing okay so you're far, doing Steve. Good. Yeah, you're doing good. It's just like, okay. like I to me, it was just like uh, with my shows. Like what? I've been doing my local TV show now uh, as of 15 years. Oh wow! Well, good for you. Doing, yeah. And, well, it's funny because when I first started doing my show, yeah. it was right. basically me, my brother, who I would let do comedy skits and stuff like that. Uh-huh. I'd talk for 15 minutes and let him do the rest for the fifteen other 15 minutes or so. Uh-huh. <laughs> my show debuted on the 4th of July. Oh, wow. The whole thing. And uh-huh. I, I was usually on in the afternoon. So I was realizing, wait a minute, I'm getting killed by Oprah and Judge Judy. Oh, uh, wow, yeah. Move, I got to move my time. So and then I bounced my show around to different times. So I finally decided to stick at 1130 on Friday nights. There you go. Because I figured... Yeah, it's Friday night, 11.30. If people are either at home, they can watch my show online and just say, thank you, you know. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, if you live here in San Jose or Campbell, you could watch my show on the regular TV. Cool. But, you know, that's the whole thing. It was just like, okay, I got to, you that's know, great. move my show, you know. And it, it's been a wild ride. Because like right. after I thought after the first couple episodes, uh, uh-huh. my cable company was going to tell me, uh, "Sir, uh, you can't, you know, 
do this, do that. Uh, right. Oh, sorry, but they never did. So I was like, well, well, like, thank you. You know. And you've been doing it for uh, 15 years, you say? Yeah. Wow. 15. I know it's all crazy, uh, you know. And, and as I said, it's like I I try to promote a lot of different people, filmmakers, writers, uh, whatever it is in the horror genre. Right. I try to go and say, hey, pick up this person's new book or mm-hmm. pick up uh, this DVD uh, right. that might, you know, and stuff like that. Well, good for you uh, for keeping yeah. it going. Oh, oh, thank you. Uh, but, of course, with, you know, same thing with Facebook. I kind of, like, originally, uh, I was, like, a MySpace person way back when. Uh-huh. Sorry, MySpace. And then when Facebook came up, I kind of went, like, okay, what's this? Okay. And then, then of course, there's Twitter, which I won't even go into. Because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like, no thanks. I may, I may have a Twitter account, but I don't go on Twitter that much. Because I just got like, eh, what I'm going to say, I can say on Facebook. People can right. see it there. Exactly. You know. See, I hadn't done any of that stuff. In fact, right. you know, I don't have a smartphone or anything. I don't have a TV, yeah. to tell you the truth. Wow. Wow, yeah. I've got a laptop that plays DVDs, and that seems to do me pretty okay. And that's all, that's all you need, really. Yeah, well, that's what I uh, think. You know, and... Hold on. Okay. Uh, I've got, I've got to, uh, it all, so, you know, I'm good. Oh. i got to have like it some all. People, I oh, think some people just get enslaved, enslaved by that stuff. Well, oh, I like man, it because that's... now that we have the bigger flat screen TV, <clears throat> right? You know, it's more right. That's watch, true. It's more interesting to watch the movies because they're bigger. You know, right? Yeah. You know, who needs oh, to go I to the movies? That. You know, I can sit here. And watch. Right. I'm good. What do you think of that? What do you think of high definition? My folks have that, and it's almost like it's too clear or something to me. It's right. okay. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. It's okay. Um, like i got to take my glasses off to watch it so it'll blur just a, bit, a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's like hyper-realistic or something. I know yeah, that it's sort of like that old TV of the black and white days. It's like, hey, what's this? It's TV. Oh, yeah. And like, huh? I saw, yeah. I, saw, Go ahead. I saw King Kong on some, like, old Philco or something. Oh wow! And I'm sure you know the quality wasn't real good, but that's just kind of. Right. And I finally, finally got to see it on the big screen about five years ago or so. Uh huh. And uh, but you know, I, my whole imagination kind of had those little rounded TV corners on it. Oh yeah. yeah. But I but I need to get out a little bit more, I suppose. Right. It, it, it just, well, I, ours is uh, I think ours is a uh, 47 inch flat screen. Wow. 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 Yeah. My that husband figured wild. if we were going to get a big one, we might as well go big. Oh, yeah. You're right. Even. Yes, ma'am. And there's trying to Uh, Yeah, oh, I, I've been on. listening. Um, Hold I on mean, for a second. Hey, Francie, 
before uh, we start that, uh, is Brett still on the phone line with us? Or did we mute Brett? Uh, Brett. But I'm the host. I know, but I was oh. just curious if Brad is still with us. I know Tom in me a little while ago and said he was going to bed. Yes, I was just looking, because I know Brett was on the phone line with us, and I don't know if Brett uh, just called he in just himself, to say, yeah, he introduced okay. himself, and that was the last thing I heard from him. I was just curious. <laughs> Well, well, if I cut um, out all of a sudden, how about if I have a question for Stephen? Sure, go ahead. Okay, Stephen, I mean, the book is amazing. I've read a lot of the book. It is an amazing book. And this is the one thing that we want to get out right now. That, I mean, it is creative. It is animated, and everything that you wrote about the book is fantastic. Well, thank you very much. Animated, that's uh, about as I, good a compliment, I, I suppose, totally, as I can hope I've for. I've read some of it. I love it. It well, is yeah, an amazing book. And, well, thank you very you much. Know, I I got to ask, I mean... I I asked this a couple of questions ago. I mean, your your mind does it ever stop working? Uh, you know, I really think that uh, I think I've got a couple like OCD kind of issues because like uh, every morning I've got to check my stove three or four times because I'll look at it and make sure you know to make sure the lights are all off. But then I've got to go back because even though I was looking at it, I wasn't thinking about that. I was kind of somewhere else. And I think that happens to me, like, in conversations and, you know, there's always – I'm I'm always kind of thinking about, you know, things kind of come to me and I kind of kind of wander off. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a, a bad thing. But I think that well, my that book is probably a product a very, of that. Very, very good thing. Yeah. Unless I I'm agree. driving at 80 miles an hour or something. Yeah, and, you know, people are, th- i got to ask, are you left-handed or right-handed? Right-handed? Oh, okay, so you're not part of the lefty cruise. You sound disappointed. There's nothing wrong with right-handed people. Oh. I know my yeah, grandmother I mean, was left-handed. And uh, she went to a... Uh, there's a couple of things that Nick wants to say also that okay. made you made him Nick Nick Well, Nick loves the book. <laughs> well, I, 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 you're you're too kind. All of y'all are just very very nice. Appreciate that very much. Took you know it took yeah. a long time to. To put it together and figure it out, and you know, I'm getting some really good feedback now, so that's very gratifying, and I'm very, very grateful for it. Nice. Yay! I'm gonna find Nick real quick. I think he's in. <laughs> Where is Nick? We These are Nick. the exciting. 
Yeah, no, these are the exciting adventures of Nicholas Grabowski. Yeah, he is really. working on something. Uh, it might be a plant. It could be a book. Uh, you never know with Nick. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I believe I a lot of energy there. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, man. Oh, yes, and, of course, uh, I'm sorry, Brett, if you left us, uh, but thanks for calling in as well, if you're with us. If not, thank you. Uh, I just wanted to say that. Uh, uh, of course, uh, I got two, uh, well, hold on, yeah, two conventions I should talk about before the show Oh, ends. yes, definitely. So, uh I'll do that. Uh, so, yay. Did your friends available for bar mitzvahs? No. Uh, parties? No. <laughs> uh, oh, Supernatural Season 11. Wow. Uh, where did the time go? Uh, sorry. Uh, but, yeah. I feel like I'm uh, on the Twilight Zone right now watching that commercial. Just going like, eh. You know, because, like, my friend was just asking me earlier tonight about the whole new Exorcist TV series. And I told him, yeah, I I kind of told him, I go, well, it's all depending on if it's good. People are going to watch it to see if it's any good or not. And if it's not, you'll probably say goodbye to it in a couple episodes. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, and it's like, I told him, I go, there's like about hey, three or four or everybody, five. Yes, we got Nick. Nicholas Grabowski about hey, to come Nick. on. And he's about to talk about why he chose Stephen's book. Go ahead. Yeah, she had to, she had to practically run me over. <laughs> I was like doing a bunch of things at once. Uh, and but I was listening to the show. Uh, we figured so, but oh well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, um, so well, you know the thing is, uh, uh, Francie is John Link still on? Oh, I don't Link's, know. Yeah, I was trying to get John Link to talk about uh, the Ray Harryhausen movie movies because he was such a big fan and stuff. But apparently he. He uh, he had a TV set on in the background, and they switched him off. Sometimes though, oh, and he's a guy. Sometimes though, he comes yeah. on the show and he falls asleep in the middle of it. Uh, yeah, and starts snoring. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping for <laughs> but that to happen, but dinner, dinner. Well, but, maybe uh, next time. But, but uh, you know what? You know what? Um, uh, today uh, was practically just like any other day for me, where I'm always trying to catch up with stuff. I'm in front of the computer most of the time, and I have to take, like, breaks and stretch and walk outside and then come back in. Sometimes, like, you know, go outside and smoke. Yes, I still smoke. Uh, sometimes That's it makes okay. me a nervous wreck doing what I do, but I do it anyway. It's it's like a, a a mandate for me. And as I've said for the past eight years, I'm going to keep doing it until I die. What what am I talking about? Publishing other people's books, finding good ones, yeah. and publishing them. 
because, you know, for me, it's so easy. I know how to do the interiors and the covers and everything, everything that makes a book work, and just put it out. And I thought that I would just be doing it oh, 20 years ago. I thought, looking into the future, I would be just doing my stuff. And I, I just have a great joy doing other people's stuff and then getting some time to do my own stuff, too. But uh, I find all these jewels and it makes me proud, and it makes me happy. It, it, it keeps me going. Stuff like um, stuff like Steve's book. Um, you know, it, people. Thank you. Readers actually deserve to read stuff like that. And you know, it's it's it seems at first like a chore to me because I get so many submissions a year, and I have to sift through them, but. I do on the out and out kind of know what I'm looking for, so I have to. So it's kind of, you know, I have to sift out this and that and stuff and things that seem generic, things that are poorly written, obviously, and you know, and uh, and it just narrows it down to like a hundred, <laughs> and I can't afford to publish a hundred, so I have to keep narrowing it down, um, and uh, you know, thus I come out with the stuff that I come out with. Um, and, uh, you know, um, also, you know, what I'm looking more and more for are good young adult books. Uh, I, I started publishing more, you know, adult horror and, and I've been expanding. I think, you know, it's funny, uh, but a lot of my inspiration for horror and, and being the way that I am, loving horror movies and this and that and writing writing the stuff that I do publishing the stuff that I publish is really inherited by me as a kid first loving horror and like cartoons and stuff and and I've said this in a lot of um a lot of like interviews and stuff but my inspiration mostly comes from when I was way back in kindergarten like circa 19 uh, 69 probably, and I saw for the first time Mad Monster Party um, on television. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, man, you know, I still dig that thing. I watch it every Halloween. I love, I, I've memorized practically the whole freaking movie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, bass, man, you know, right? and it was, it wasn't scary. It was fascinating. And it had Dracula. Yeah. But it introduced them all to me before I actually even watched the original, like, um, um, uh, Universal movies and stuff. It, it introduced it to me kind of as a cartoon. And, you know, um, and that's the horror comes from, you know, um, our hidden fears. And, but yes. it also comes from, um, kind of like a, uh, uh, um, something about the unknown that we have a fascination and a fear with altogether, and uh, right, a lot right. of the fascination comes from childhood. A lot of the fear comes from childhood. But as we grow into adults, we sift that kind of stuff out. And um, there's things that will scare us, but there's things that we understand more. And and if you look at all the kids that like all the fascinating stuff and even some of the scary stuff because they like to be scared, scared, being scared and not scared in real life like there's terrorist bombings in your neighborhood and you have to watch out, you have to hide in, in the bathroom. Not that kind of reality scared, but scared as in no. a roller coaster ride. Like you right, know, that you're right. actually putting yourself into yourself. Where you're not in jeopardy, right. it's the thrill. And, uh, right, you know, that's right. something inherited in all of us, 
young and old. And, uh, right. you know, and I, so I think that horror really appeals to all of us. It's just, you know. I think so. We stick some of, there's there's adult horror stuff, and then there's the fascinating thrill-ride young adult horror stuff. And the fascinating uh, yeah. thrill-ride young adult horror stuff is stuff that we've seen uh, in our cinematic culture um, right. since cinema started with all the old stuff. And, you know, and as generations go by, who uh, view that stuff as kids they grow up getting so inspired that it builds in society and thus you know it's stuff like Mr. Fishbeck's monster this this one fan that was so inspired to have it influence him enough to not just eventually write a book about it but when he was a kid in the 70s he actually did you know toy around with some of the stop motion stuff himself and built dinosaurs like you could see on his brand new Facebook page, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I saw his. Yeah, dinosaur. put those on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're great, great. Stuff. And that, think, that uh, shows that, uh, that uh, this guy, you know, um, uh, it's it's a book that's that's uh, that's uh, generated out of passion, too. So I look at that a lot. Uh, there's a lot of passionate books that are presented to me that. The person, I could tell that they're really into it, but they just don't know English, you know. Oh, I mean, so there's yeah. a there's a certain, you know. I mean, if Mr. Fishbeck's monster was a great story, but it you couldn't write worth beans, then I would just, you know, send it back to you and say, hey, um, Keep working. you can't write worth beans, so work on it. So oh, yeah. But I mean, right. um, that's another thing about Steve's book is the fact that it's very well written. So uh, well, you know, it's a story again. that really carries you through, and it it has all that essence of what what Steve's all about. He even calls the main character Steve. So you know, it's really kind of him in, that. in a fantasy world growing, and it even takes place back in the seventies. I wondered about changing that because I, I kind of started just as a place marker, and I thought, well, I can go back and change that to Dave or Bob or, and then I, I think, I think you already had it, and I, I, I I'll just leave it like that, and I hope people won't think it's a vanity thing. I'm sure that most readers won't even probably connect two and two, unless they listen to shows like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, some people, I didn't even, uh, I got it, I didn't even get it at first myself. I got it later on. Oh, well, good. <laughs> so. Well, part of it, there's a there's a twin sister, and Steve and Stephanie, that just kind of worked. And I couldn't think oh, of yeah. another pair of names for, you know, we'll yeah, see, just, who knows. Yeah, just the next oh, name, yes, and you also, know. <laughs> well, right, while yeah. you're still um, on this show, too, what, what I, uh, I, I, practically hang myself if I didn't mention this or if I didn't have Francie mention this. But uh, you know, Mr. Fishback is actually based on a real person, isn't he? He's inspired from a real person. Well, uh, Francie was talking about teachers, and um, my dad taught high school. And when I was a kid, uh, like dad was a history teacher, and sometimes he'd have to go work on weekends and stuff. And I'd go with him because Mr. Fishback uh, was a science teacher, and I could go and check out his room while my dad was working because Mr. Fishback had all this cool stuff like dinosaur 
bones. And if I'm not mistaken, he had a baby alligator in his little lab sink. And I don't know oh, if that, wow. I don't know if that would be legal. I don't know if I made that up and or dreamt it or, but I, I I remember looking down into this deep sink and there's this little live you know reptile in there, and I I think maybe I met Mr. Fishback one time. I think I shook his hand, but I couldn't tell you what the man looked like or, but I just always felt just kind of a debt to him for having this cool room, classroom, and then. Years later, I read uh, this guy named Clyde Roper. He was a marine biologist with the Smithsonian. And there was an article in Smithsonian Magazine about him. And he's like the world's authority on the giant squid. And he was going to go try to catch one alive. And there were some pictures of his classroom or his office. And there were all these jars full of tentacles and weird eyes staring out and everything. And (laughs) so I kind of used the name Fishback, but I kind of channeled Dr. Roper when I pictured the character, but then a couple of years ago, I was talking to some some folks that had read the book, and one lady spoke up, and she said she saw Bill Murray as Dr. Fishback, or Mr. Fishback, I should say. I could see that. And that really, kind of, yeah. that really did a number yeah. on me, because now that's what I see when I when I read it. There you go, uh-huh. people. Keep Bill Murray in mind. Yeah. yeah, you know what's funny, too, good. is that I, I had this in the back of my mind when you first submitted this to me, too, but I, I never told you. We never had that much correspondence until the book came to life recently, in the last couple of weeks. Um, but, um, uh, you know, um, there was a, kind of like a pseudo-hero of mine that I grew up with in Southern California. He was always on the news. I forgot which channel, CBS something and um but he was always on and he was a weatherman and he was dr george fishback with oh, a really? b e yeah with a b e c k dr george we always oh. everybody called him dr george and he was huh. famous down in southern california uh throughout huh. his his big heyday like 20 25-year heyday on the news channel. And um, hmm. he has sponsored a lot of stuff. He actually sponsored the, um, I don't even know if it's still around in San Francisco, but we went on field trips to it. It was um, the um, Exploratorium yeah. um, oh, wow. in San Francisco. Yeah, so wow. that reminded me, just because the names are similar, but the, the guy himself was eccentric. And he always had like a, um, like a uh, uh, what do you call it tie? Uh, like a, a bow tie. Yeah, bow tie, bow tie. Oh. Yeah, he always had a bow tie, and he always had like a little mustache and stuff and gray hair. And uh, it's like today's weather is going to be so hot. It's you know, and he would be like really like uh, like almost acting, but he would be so oh. enthusiastic about science. And uh, right. you know, so, yeah, so that's wow. uh, that's kind of my my Mr. Fishback <laughs> in a way. Little, uh, wow. You know, they're both about science and they're both about stuff yeah. like that. Too. That is so cool. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Oh yeah. But uh, I'm gonna oh. bring it back over to Francie. We're kind of oh. running out of. Little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. the, a, a lot of everybody. Keep watching um, stuff about Fish, Mr. Fishback's monster. We're going to put it out to reviewers and uh, do all kinds of crazy things with it 
throughout this, like Halloween to Christmas season. And uh, and uh, Steve, uh, I, you, I, I overheard Francie oh, talking oh. about what made you choose Black Bedsheet, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that I... I, I, I like am, a, too. I absolutely am, too. Yes. It's hard to ever yeah. All righty, Francie. Yeah. yeah, and I got to tell you, he does got a lot of submissions. Yeah. Well, good. All, All the time, time he's like, oh, I got to read this. And I'm like, hello, me? Me yeah. time? And he's like, no, I got to read it. Yeah, what time? No, uh, <laughs> I got to no, tell uh, you... Oh. Believes in you. Well, I, I, that really comes across. I really appreciate that. You need, you know, you need yeah. that support from folks. Hey. Yes, we do. Ah, oh, we're and, very uh, good at what Steve, we do, huh, Joe? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think so. Yes, my brain tells me uh, no, but uh, no, never mind. <laughs> uh, but yeah, before uh, our time totally runs out. Uh, Steve, would you like to give out your Facebook page so fans of uh, Black Sheep Bed Books and authors or friends who want to know more about the book or whatever, give out your Facebook page so people can well, find you. Know, you. I, well, i got to be honest. I don't know. <laughs> I just kind of I kept an email that Nick sent me. And then I just kind of click on that, but I, I guess if you Google Mr. Fishback's monster, or maybe my last name, or see, I, I just don't know how to do that yet. I don't know what that. Okay. Okay. I I, I will post. I'll, I will share your Facebook page on my Facebook page. Okay. And I'll tell people to add you, and see how that goes. And Don or I can do that too. So we'll just like try to, you know, get the word out for people to add you and stuff yeah. like okay. that. And when next time you go on to Facebook in a day or two, you might get a couple of friends requests from people and you know, except for, you know, be wary of good looking women, uh, with uh, <laughs> hardly any photos. Those are not what you want. You just want, you know, I usually, like, when you're on Facebook, if someone sends you a friend request, you go, uh-huh. you look at their profile, and if it's, like, they have more than, like, a couple hundred friends, then, yeah, go ahead, add them. But if they have just, like, one or two friends, then, you know, uh-huh. it's like, uh, yeah, I don't also, think so. Yeah, but also... Also, what you look like when when they send you a friend request, it'll you it usually if you 